Now, everybody stand. We're going to read God's Word this morning. Mark chapter 16, verse 6 and 7. New Living Translation. So, the women went to, with their spices, their burial spices, they got to the tomb, the stone had been rolled away, and they entered the tomb and they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and the women were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed, you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. (laughs) Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. Don't you love that? Including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for this marvelous day. Thank you for the privilege and the honor we have of being here on this beautiful Sunday. And as Pastor Barbara prayed, we ask, Lord, for your rich blessings to be poured out above and beyond what we could think or imagine. And Lord, the greatest blessing is the power of your presence. May we not have one moment where we're unaware of the presence of God at work in our hearts and lives. We love you, we love you, we love you. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So today is going to be a an illustrated sermon. And I have some helpers who are gonna come out and help me. You know, there's an old saying, if walls could talk, the stories they would tell. Well, throughout the message this morning, you are going to meet some very interesting characters. No, they're not walls, but rather they're places. And they're going to briefly share with you their feelings and what they witnessed from the arrest of Jesus all the way through his death, burial, and resurrection. Our first witness today has a name that means olive crush. There are still many olive trees in this place to this day. And they really did witness a crushing as Jesus was sweating drops of blood mixed with sweat, something that mainly only happens to mothers whose sons are at war. There was a crushing going on in the very heart and soul of Jesus. Our very first eyewitness of the day is the Garden of Gethsemane. The last night of the man Jesus, that prophet from Nazareth, of course I remember. For three years, 
From time to time, my trees and earth and rocks had heard the prayers of the man, had listened to his conversations with his disciples. My paths often felt the press of his feet. I am the garden of Gethsemane, resting quietly against Olivet outside the walls of Jerusalem. Oh yes, I knew him well. If words of anguish could scar, here in the stones of my garden would be made grooves left by his agony. Of course, only memory now remains of the blood that he left here and the violence under my ancient olive trees when the soldiers seized him and they bound him and they led him away. I saw him no more. Jesus said during the triumphal entry that if his disciples didn't praise him along with all of the people who were shouting Hosanna, then the very rocks would have cried out. I've always heard that all atoms have a noise as the electrons are spinning around the nucleus the protons and the neutrons. And the only reason we can't hear the rocks praising God right now is because they're on a 40 octave sound differential. But it's not only rocks, ladies and gentlemen, it's every object made up of atoms that are giving praise today to the Lord Jesus Christ, their creator. So listen carefully now and you will hear from the dust, the dirt who witnessed it all, the crowds, the excitement, the pain and the agony. Who felt the passion of the Christ in such a personal way? Our next eyewitness, the streets of Jerusalem. On that last dreadful night, 
especially his feet of a suffering God. I felt the dragging end of that heavy, heavy Roman cross. I felt the tortured press of his body when he fell, oh, so tragically exhausted. Some of my dust, it clung to him to the very end. Some of his blood, it, it fell upon me. It fell on me. It mingled with my dust, became one with me to the end of time. Don't you love going to a park where the kids can play? Maybe you take a picnic or a good book or maybe if there's enough grass and you have a blanket with some shade from the trees, you can actually get a nap in. But what would it feel like to be transformed against your will from a very pleasant and happy place into a place of pain and death? Let's listen now to our next eyewitness, the place of the skull, Golgotha. Well, I saw the man that last day too. I am Golgotha. In the Roman tongue, Calvary. Once, I was a pleasant little hill just outside the Genneth Gate, where goats used to roam and children used to play. Then the goats were taken away and the children, they shunned me, for I was death. And on my crest grew strange dead trees bearing Strange fruit. You see, I stood where two roads met, and my fruit was put on display for the enjoyment of all who traveled there. <laughs> oh, I had peculiar value to the Romans, a value beyond rambling goats and playing children. I had far more value than just rambling 
goats and playing children. Oh, Golgotha, tell us about the fruit on the trees on your hill. I'm sorry, I am distraught about the transformation that I went through. Being this pleasant little hill to being coming death. And those Romans using me in such an evil way. I couldn't bear it. I can't bear it to even tell you now. can't say no more. After the Romans invaded and took over rulership in the land of Israel, their execution of choice was the very reason why carpenter shops were filled with trees. Living trees pulsating with sap cut down in the prime of their lives all for one very excruciating purpose, to be fashioned into a weapon of torture. What if you were fashioned for one purpose and one purpose alone, punishment? It seems that you would have a single view of your mission, your purpose in life. Thieves, murderers, Zealots, radicals, there would be no difference to you. Or could there be? Perhaps one, one exception. Out of all the trees in the world, you were selected for this moment in time. Our next witness, the cross. I suppose that I saw him last. I was a tree that once lived but died to bear that, that fruit out of season. I was, was carved and shaped into a Roman cross. My job to Rome? Death to the criminal, unpleasant, but necessary in a civilized society. Now, it shouldn't matter to a Roman cross what the crime 
or who the criminal? That should have been that. However, on my day, my criminal emerged from the fortress Antonia. Oh, bruised, bleeding, beaten, exhausted, eyes glazed with pain. Could it have been that slow, painful process through the streets? The feel of the living man dragging me along. The sound of the muffled groans. The smell of the sweat and of agony from still living flesh? Or was it later when he and I looked down on high at the people frogging the hillside below us? Oh, those brutal, righteous, angry, weeping people. Whatever it was, and whenever it was, I just know that it was. Somewhere in those hours, I ceased to be a Roman cross. I became his. We were one for his blood soaked into my wood. I finally held him close. I heard his last words I felt his last breath. He had held me alive. And somewhere in that strange darkness and confusion, I held him dead. It was fashioned for greatness, the eternal home for a very wealthy, a very rich man. Never would this rock formation have expected what was to come next. Our final witness this morning, the tomb. No, the cross was not the last to see him. I was, the tomb. So near Golgotha, 
newly carved from the rocky hillside for my master, Joseph, formerly of Arimathea, a man of uh, some wealth and influence in the Sanhedrin. Oh, in good health, I thought. Imagine my shock when I heard the wailing of the approaching burial party. Oh, but then I saw my master among the mourners, and I discovered that I was to house a newly executed criminal. Flowing tears and wailing mourners are, well, they're proper for a burial. But this excessive display and the tenderness with which they laid the body away, well, rather bad taste, I thought. One might have thought this some great man instead of a, a felon. Now the stone was rolled across my entrance and all the mourners with their torches left and the, and the darkness which filled me, it covered the hillside. Frankly, I was glad for the darkness for it concealed my resentment, even shame. But, but during the long night hours when there's nothing to do but listen to the small night sounds and think my own indignant little thoughts, little by little, my resentment, it, it seeped away. There came over me a feeling of, well, how do you say rightness and, and goodness and fulfillment in one word and, and, and gentleness and respect, even awe. This for a criminal? And then you know that point in a wakeful night where it feels it will last forever and then dawn? Well, this was like dawn, but it wasn't dawn. No, 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 wait. I saw it happen. I have seen thousands of dawns. This was no dawn. Suddenly, drenching the hillside, destroying my darkness, there was light everywhere. Dazzling, blinding light. And sounds, sounds somewhere far off like, like, like music. Music welcoming a hero home. And then, of itself, of itself, that great stone drifted from my entrance, and that dead criminal, he rose. And he walked out. He walked out into the darkness and into the light. And the light spilled back into all my dark corners. And the light took him away and left the hillside. But not my corners, for my darkness was no more forever.
I'm gonna ask you all right now to bow your heads and to close your eyes. God gave a great gift to this church body this past year. Our new creative arts pastor, Tony Handy, has been doing drama throughout the United States and around the world since the 80s. And the Lord has gifted him and his presentations are anointed. And I hope you're hearing and listening to the message that the Spirit of the living God wants you to have today, right now, in your heart. I'm going to ask Reverend Tony Handy to come at this time and present to us the altar call. You know, it's amazing when you think about it. Peter, um, many years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, was arrested and taken to Rome. And he was perceived at that time to be the leader of the church in the world. And you know, when they put him in jail, it's interesting to think about it, I I'm sure they told him they were going to kill him. And because he wasn't Roman, Paul was Roman because Paul, when he was executed, he was actually beheaded because they considered that humane, but Peter wasn't Roman, he was Jewish, so they figured he knew he was going to be crucified. And it's amazing if you think about it. All he would have had to do, all he would have had to do to get out of being crucified was to say to the Romans, because he was the leader, all he would have had to do was recant and just say, you know what? We made it all up. Yeah, yeah, Jesus died and we kind of stole the body, we buried it somewhere, and we, we founded this whole big thing out of it, but none of it's real, we made it up. That's all he would have had to do to get out of being crucified. That's all he would have had to do. Yeah, it's not real, we made it up. But instead, when he went to be crucified, he said, I don't even deserve to be crucified like Jesus. And he demanded that his cross be crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy. If all you had to do to get out of being executed was to say that it was a lie, wouldn't you say it? You would, if it was a lie. But it wasn't a lie. <laughs> he was willing to go and die because he knew it was true. Think about that for a second. Think about it. Let that sink in. A man died because he knew he was dying for the truth. That Jesus paid the price for our sins. And that three days later, he rose from the dead. And they were witnesses. And he was willing to die for it. So this morning, I want to ask you as we get ready to close out the service, where are you in this equation? You know, I got some good news for you. If you profess, if you give your life to Jesus as a Christian this morning, you don't got to go and die like Peter did. But you still have to do something. You can't just nod your head and go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Jesus gave his life.
He lived 30 some years down here and tempted by Satan himself and never sinned even one time. Try that. <laughs> we already have, we failed, right? And then he died and he paid the price for your sins and my sins. And then three days later, he rose from the dead. And Peter knew it was true. He knew it to the point that he was willing to die for it. You don't die for a lie, people. You don't die an agonizing death for a lie. You die for the truth. So this morning, where are you? What have you done with what Jesus has done for you? Have you asked him into your heart to be your savior? Have you said, Jesus, I realize I, I, I can't pay the price. I realize you did. And boy, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your cleansing that you paid for on that cross. But then also you won the victory by rising from the dead. If he wouldn't have risen from the dead, the cross would have been for nothing. What have you done with all this? I can't make that decision for you. I did something when I was 16 years old. I said, Jesus, come into my life and come into my heart. I want the forgiveness that you have for me. I believe that you died on that cross for me. I believe that you rose again. And that offer of salvation, I need that. I can't do it myself. So what have you done this morning? You know, it's not enough just to give a mental assent. You have to say, Jesus, I want you. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. Lord, thank you so much for everybody here this morning. Nobody is here by mistake. They may have think they just came because it's Easter and, you know, family got them to come or some may come every week. But no one is here by mistake, not, not one single person. And so, Lord, this morning, I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would do what I am totally, I cannot do. And that is speak to each individual life and each individual heart that's here in this morning uniquely. I can't do that. So I'm asking you to do it. Let them know where they stand with you. Let them know that if, that if they once knew you and walked away, they can return. You haven't washed your hands of them. If they've never known you, they can ask you in. With heads bowed this morning and eyes closed just for a moment, no one looking around. Not, not because we're ashamed of anything, but just because it's a private moment. There's a time and a place for everything, and this is time for a private moment. And this is the way you do it in a crowded room. This morning, if you would say, Tony, I, I need Jesus as my Savior. I... Maybe you knew him at one time and you've walked away. Maybe you've never asked him in. But I'm telling you, he's worth it. He loves you. He knows you. He died for you. He rose for you. He wants you. He wants you in heaven with him someday. He he's not indifferent to it. He wants you there. But that is your choice. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you would say this morning, Tony, I, I, things aren't right between the Lord and I, and I need to ask him into my heart this morning. 
I need for you to pray for me. I need to ask the Lord into my heart. I need to, to return to him, whatever it is. But if that's you this morning, would you slip your hand up where you are so I can see it? There, there. Where else this morning? Okay. Back there too. Anybody else? I just want to make sure I can see this. Slip your hand up. Okay. Thank you. You can put it down. By raising your hand, you're just saying, I want the Lord in my life this morning. I want to invite him back or I want to, I want, he never left you, but you might have walked away from him. Or you're saying, I want him for the first time. Last call this morning. Anyone else? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. We're going to pray together. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But like I've said before, if you just repeat my words, it won't mean anything. But if you take my words and make them yours to God, even though you're repeating my words, if you make them from your heart to the Lord, he will hear you. That's what I did. A couple led me in a prayer when I was 16 years old. And they said, Tony, just make it real. Make it from your heart. And they led me in a prayer. And I meant every word of it. And that day, the Lord saved me. There's no question in my mind. And he'll do the same for you this morning. Dear Jesus, this morning, I'm opening the door to my heart. I'm the only one who can, and so I open it to you. And I am asking you to wash me clean, to move in into the house of my heart and make it your home. I open the door wide. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for not staying dead. Thank you for loving me and holding your arms out to me. From this moment on, my heart, my life is all yours. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your mercy. I receive your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now you listen to me. It's really simple. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, don't let anybody tell you any differently. The thief on the cross only said roughly eight words. He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Why? Because the thief, he meant it. And if you meant it this morning, he heard you. He came into your heart. Now here's the last thing before I hand it back to pastor. At some point, tell somebody. There's no such thing as a secret agent Christian. Okay? Tell somebody. Can we thank the Lord for this team today that helped us out? We have a special treat for those of you who have been able to stay with us this long. As we finish our service today, we're asking Lorenzo Morabito, Larry Wayne Morbit, to come and sing for us.
Would you all stand with me? I think you can leave this place and truly say that if the resurrection occurs in and that is the blood will never lose its power. you everybody happy resurrection sunday parents don't forget right now there's a beautiful easter egg hunt out in the courtyard for your children have a great week everybody